What's going on, everybody? Zach Rosenblatt here with Mike K at a rainy Novacare complex. There's a bunch of bugs on the window that are grossing me out. It's really distracting me. Mike had to inform me that there's glass between me and them, so I'm okay. I'm not scared of them. They're disgusting. Anyway, I'm here with Mike K. Latest episode on the No Huddle Show. Um, pretty newsy couple of days, actually. Usually we don't have this much news between a game on Sunday and, what is it, Tuesday? Wednesday. I don't even know what day it is anymore. I never do. So, Jalen Ramsey will not be an eagle. We're going to get into that pretty deep um, in a bit. But first, uh, a couple other news items. Number one, uh, Jalen Ramsey. Uh, see, I, I told you I've been doing this all day. Jalen Mills is probably going to be playing on Sunday, it seems like. He, he was at practice for the first time since the London game. The last time he practiced was in London, technically. <laughs> which, which was in week eight of last season. Yeah. And it's week seven right now. So it's yeah. almost, uh, it's almost exactly year. a year. Since he's played in American soil, it will have been a year. Um, Ronald Darby also on the practice field. Uh, the, the, bigger, the biggest news in terms of the injuries, though, is that Jason Peters is week to week, um, which means in Doug Peterson lingo, he's going to be out for probably at least two games, I would say. That's usually what it plays out to. So this means we're going to get full Andre Dillard on Sunday. Um, tough tester. He's probably going to be going against Robert Quinn most of the day, who's a pretty talented pass rusher. Obviously, he's not probably not as good as Everson Griffin, who after the, after a rough start, he held his own pretty well. I thought. I mean, what what how, does this change your opinion? How this game is going to go? I mean, I, I think we need to acknowledge it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think we. Need, I don't know, think he'll have like one of those Winston Justice debuts where Michael Strahan just killed him. Yeah, but I do think there will be some struggles. I do think Carson will face a lot of pressure in the pocket from his blind side. Uh, does that mean that he'll face a lot of sacks? No, but it, they'll have to do a couple of design runs out to the right side, which is also pretty, you know, dangerous because of Demarcus Lawrence. So as it was, this this pass rushing duo is going to be a tough assignment for both Lane Johnson and whoever was at left tackle. But yeah, I mean, I think this game is going to come down to how well the lines block for the running game and the passing game. I think this is going to be a trenches battle. Both teams have really good offensive lines. Both teams have really good defensive lines uh, as far as run stopping is concerned. Um, and I think when we look at what Carson Wentz is able to do, especially when he puts on that Superman cape sometimes, he needs to have time to throw. He needs to see open lanes to run through. Um, this is a big first test for Andre Diller, but they, like Doug Peterson said, they drafted him for this reason. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, um, I think maybe there's a little bit overreaction to the way he played at first against the Vikings, but I also think that, like, I understand the whole reps thing. I think that's overplayed a little bit with these with this coaching staff when guys struggle, to be honest. But he they he's a first round pick, and first round picks in theory should be good enough to play immediately. Whether they're at their highest potential, that's a different story. But um, this is going to be a very you know we're going to find out how ready Andre Dillard is. Maybe this isn't going to define how his career is going to go or anything, but we can learn a lot about him against a really good defense. Well, and, and to that point, too, when you talk about reps, uh, he has been seeing quite a few reps in yeah. the first-team offense because Jason Peters has been limited good to point. practice for the last few weeks. Uh, I, I, look, I think Andre Dillard is a guy who probably would be better off starting a game and playing as opposed to coming in. Most guys are. Yeah, yeah. But, he has a whole week of reps now, but so he's also, use that. He's also a young guy who started a ton of games at Washington State and isn't used to coming in as cold. As a sub, yeah. You know, so that's worth, you know, considering as well. But, you know, I think he'll have a, a good ally in Isaac Samalu next to him. I mean, he's experienced. He knows what it's like to be thrown into the fire. I think when you 
look at the rest of the line, they're going to have to play really, really well. And, you know, the Cowboys just lost Jack Crawford, right? Yeah, 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 I believe so. The defensive lineman, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um... And they're they're banged up in general, by the way. We can touch on that in a minute, but right. I, I look when I when I look at this Cowboys front, it's very very strong, but I also don't think there's a massive drop off between significantly aged Jason Peters and Andre Dillard. I at this point in their career, in, in I don't know, Peters been pretty good this year. Peters has been good, but I also don't think he has been consistent. And I think that that's worth monitoring as we go along this season. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree that it's definitely can, this is. So Peters didn't miss any games last year technically, but he right. basically missed like two games snap wise. Um, if if they can't rely on him each week, then maybe it's Andre Dillard time. It's, it's something we're going to learn. Like if Andre Dillard, so like hypothetically, if Andre Dillard comes out and is like dominant, I don't think he will be. But if he's like dominant the next two weeks, do you think they just stick with him? Or I mean, Jason Peters obviously carries quite a bit of clout in this organization, so I don't know how they would handle that. But maybe you adjust his role. Maybe you figure out a way that he starts somewhere else. Um, you know, maybe left guard. Who knows? But uh, yeah, I mean, Jason's been good this year. I just think he's been relatively inconsistent. And when you constantly have to worry about a guy coming in and out of the lineup. Maybe you do want to see what Andre Dillard can do over a prolonged stretch, especially with, you know, the experience of having that Washington game. He knows what it's like to play in a game that matters in the NFL. He knows that the intensity picks up. He knows that the talent level picks up. I think last week is a good building block for him. Yeah, sure, he allowed nine pressures, but it did seem like he had some really good snaps in there as well. I agree. All right, so on the other hand, the Eagles cut Zach Brown uh on what day did they cut him monday monday um doug peterson he didn't really like heavily insist it but he said no that it wasn't because of the kirk cousins comments he didn't necessarily say it wasn't a factor um he did him and jim schwartz both said they need more production at a linebacker but again like they cut a guy that had played started all six games and played a decent amount of snaps so clearly there was something there where he he just wasn't a good fit i mean you and i had talked about how we didn't think he was gonna he was a lock to make the team necessarily until Camus got hurt, probably. Uh, then he didn't really – he only had 29 tackles and six starts, which I know the linebackers don't really get as many opportunities as other defenses, but that's still, like, really, really low for a guy that started every game. Um, in the end, he doesn't seem like he was just a fit on this team, and he wasn't particularly good either. So I don't think they're really going to miss him. But, I mean, maybe you could say depth is maybe an issue at linebacker, but I, I'm not, like, as concerned about that as I am about how cornerbacks have been playing, for example. Yeah, I mean, you're only in three linebacker situations maybe 40 to 50% of the time. So it's not like it's debilitating. They they really like Nathan Gary. I think he's really good in the passing game. He struggles a bit in the running game. Uh, Kamu Grugier-Hill, from what I understand, is, is ready to go for a full load now. He's kind of been eased back over the last three weeks. Part of the reason why you and I spoke about Zach Brown maybe not making the team is during training camp. I had heard whispers that he could potentially be cut during training camp. It just didn't seem like he was a great fit for the linebacker room. And, uh, you know, I think Derek Gunn reported of NBC sports reported that, uh, he didn't buy into what the Eagles do, which is a very, uh, broad way of saying, you that's know, like very pa- that's very Patriotsy wet reason. Right. For doing something. <laughs> but you know, this is a locker room yeah. that can really define, who fits and who doesn't very quickly. Um, Zach Brown, from what I understand, was very individualistic, uh, which in this locker room 
doesn't work as doesn't well. Really, doesn't really work. Unless you're Jason Peters, it doesn't really work as right, well. Right, yeah. right. And Jason Peters, to his credit, has been a leader in a yeah, lot of other Yeah, great teammate, facets. blah, 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 yeah. But, uh, yeah. I think Pro Football Focus graded him mediocre. Like, he, he was mediocre. He was below, below average, yeah. Right, he was below average. I would argue he was pretty awful in a couple of games. Um, but, again, like, you know... I think the Kirk Cousins criticism compound like made him stick out a little yeah, bit. More. It was bad play on top of that. They put an unnecessary target on this defense's back, as it were, because Kirk Cousins carved them up three hundred and thirty-three passing yards and four touchdowns. Yikeroni! <laughs> um, like so, look. I think they like TJ Edwards. He can play that Sam role, that two-down linebacker role. I know Nigel Bradham is dealing with an ankle injury. He left the stadium in a walking boot. Didn't practice today. Did not practice on Wednesday. Um, Look, middle linebacker would probably be Nathan Gary if Nigel couldn't play. Nigel's more of a natural outside linebacker anyway. Um, And then when he came back, maybe he plays outside linebacker at Sam and then... Grugier Hill plays weak side, and Gary plays starting Mike linebacker. Cutting Brown allows you to move Nigel Brown back to his more natural fit at Sam. Um, And then, you know, when we look at this linebacker group, they also have Duke Riley, who I would probably just keep on special teams, and then Alex Singleton on the practice squad, who by the time you probably are listening to this, the Eagles might have made a move to bring him up. Um, from the practice squad, very violent player, very good tackler, good on special teams. It makes a lot of sense, especially given the timeline. There aren't a lot of people that can come in, learn the defense in two days, and then go play a game. So uh, linebacker is a question mark. I don't think it's a major concern. Yeah, and I'll, I mean, just to touch on the Kirk Cousins thing, if you remember last year, uh, Camus, before the Cowboys game, had his whole thing that blew up. And I know Doug Peterson had talked about like how he pulled him aside and said, you can't do that. They, they kind of just like nobody really talked about it. It was because it, it happened later in the week when it blew up. Um, but like I, I think that was like an underlying thing, even if they don't want to admit it. I think it seems pretty obvious that his personality had com- combined with the like usually he would like a guy that like that would have just got benched for lack of production, not straight up cut. Well, and also Kumu had been around for that was his third yeah yeah year. I know that's my that's my point like he had the he had the cachet before yeah, that right um, to put a bow on Zach Brown uh, we we don't ever have to talk about him again here <laughs> yeah I mean I never I never understood the the. Um, enthusiasm towards him just because he had moved around the league so I think often. It was just because of his production. He had a lot of tackles in Washington. Tackles aren't. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah, yeah, if, you look yeah. at his, if you look at his stats, like they're they're like they look impressive on paper. Right. But, yeah. But there's a reason why he's yeah. bounced around from team to team, and I think um, you know I respect the decision to do it. I mean, now's the time to do it. You don't want him being in. Don't let it linger. Yeah. You also don't want him to have a negative influence on the several young linebackers in that room or the defensive players in that room in general. Um, you know, I guess we'll hear from him soon because supposedly he's going to have a lot of interest. I'm sure he'll get signed by somebody. Um, yeah, I do. I do too. But I, I don't think it'll be as a start. I will say the Eagles have done a pretty poor job of finding linebackers. Probably because they try and buy guys low, but they have done a poor job of finding linebackers in free agency. If you just look at the last two years. Um, Corey Nelson was signed on the first day and he didn't even make it to the season. Uh, Paul Warlow, he got hurt, obviously, so it's a little different, but he, I mean, he didn't work out. That's the reality. Um, LJ Fort, they cut, they didn't even play him on defense and they cut him. And now Zach Brown only lasted six weeks and they got rid of him. So 
I don't know what they're looking for when they look at these linebackers free agency, but they haven't really found one since Nigel in 2016. And I guess you could say Camus, he was more of like a claim after a training yeah. camp kind of guy, so it's a little different. But, I mean, I, I know linebacker isn't a value position, but you still need to find somebody that you can use in free agency, especially if you're going out to get them that quickly. And I think that could be a low-key spot where they look to bring in somebody from another team and potentially a trade at the deadline. I think A buy-low type thing. Yeah, yeah, I think linebacker, I think... All three phases of the defense, defensive line, linebacker, and corner should all be considered. Um, and then, you know, obviously wide receiver. But when we talk about the trade market, I know you, you there's a there's kind of an elephant in this very small room. Uh, Jalen Ramsey got traded to the... Wait, uh, he, wait he did? To who? Yeah, he got <laughs> traded. Um, <laughs> to, to, to another animal logo team. <laughs> The Rams, uh, the so anyway, the Jaguars traded Jalen Ramsey to the Rams for two first-round picks and a fourth-round pick. That's a lot to give up. Yeah, um, of course. But you and I are in agreement that we both would have made that deal. Yes. Uh, I understand both sides of the coin. I understand that it's important to have a walking-away price at, because when you indulge, it can lead to disaster. That said, Jalen Ramsey is 24 years old. He is on the fourth year of his rookie contract. You have him at least for next year. You've got the leverage to sign him to a long-term extension. He's the best corner in the league. You're essentially trading. He's basically would be considered your first-round pick for next year because nobody's going to be better than than that So then you're basically giving up a first in 2021 and a fourth this year. Right, to have Jalen Ramsey 10 games ahead of of the thing. So, look... How he, the price was very rich, and I, I was told that he was very aggressive in pursuing Jalen Ramsey. The problem is he wasn't aggressive enough yeah. for the Jaguars. Does that mean that he wasn't aggressive enough for how he should have done his due diligence? No. But I think you and I both agree that Jalen Ramsey was certainly worth two ones and a four. You know, there, there it seems like a pretty split uh, like in Philadelphia among like who – the biggest sticking point is that the Eagles need to stockpile young talent. And I think that's kind of a misnomer for a few reasons. Number one, they're projected to have nine or ten draft picks this year. And so if doing this trade, you only lose uh, two draft picks this year. You still have eight other ones. Um, I think that the timing of it, I think people are looking at number one pick and thinking, oh, it's a first-round pick. But also, if this happened, so hypothetically speaking, if this happened on draft day, the Eagles are picking, let's say, 24th. If they, tra- if they, on draft day, traded the 24th and next year's pick and a fourth-round pick this year, nobody would have batted an eye because it, it, you can see the number 24. But since we don't know where they're drafting right now, I think people are overreacting a little bit to that. Um, and just one more thing. I, I mean, I pointed this out on Twitter. I, I've got the math a little wrong, but the point still stands. <laughs> um, uh, Andre Dillard, their first-round pick this year, is the same age as <laughs> Jalen Ramsey right now. Uh, he's like a little less than a year younger than him, and Jalen Ramsey's in his fourth season. So, like the idea that this wasn't—I I get the whole point of salary cap and all that—but that's a different discussion than youth. Like he's young, he's a young star, and those guys don't. Him, Khalil Mack are the only two examples of like maybe the best player at their position becoming available, and Amari Cooper to a lesser extent. But I, I at the time, I thought a first was a lot for Amari. Um. So what I'll say is this: I think. The re so everybody's talking about how the Eagles have like a uh, one of the top five oldest teams in the league. Do you know why? It's because they're not drafting well, yeah. so they have to fill the void with free agency and trades. 
that's a problem. It's also a reason why Jalen Ramsey shouldn't go Makes against sense. your yeah. philosophy. Um, because A, he's young, and B, he's proven. And you can uh, build around him. Right. And so I think, like, if you want to talk about personality or contract, those are valid arguments. The age thing to me, I don't... Not that the age thing isn't a valid argument, because I could understand you want droves of younger guys but when you look at their fourth round picks over the last few years if you look at their first round picks it's not like those guys have been up to par and so i think i said this to another media member before we came in here if you're declining the trade for ramsey with two ones and a four those two first round picks better be great hits. point great you know point. what i mean so like that's the thing now the pressure is not only on you to draft well in the first round, but you also have the weight of not pursuing Jalen Ramsey to that full extent of your draft pick potential. On top of that, they're about to face the Cowboys in the biggest game of the season so far, and the pressure for that one just went... Yeah. That's also the sound that I make when I try to get my kid to pay attention when I'm feeding him. Um, this, this game is very, very important, and... Jalen landing Jalen Ramsey could have helped significantly in this. Yeah. What I don't understand too is like a lot of people talk about the coverage aspect of Jalen Ramsey. Jalen's an incredible tackler for a corner. And when you're going up against Ezekiel Elliott two times a year, you're going up against Saquon Barkley two times a year where they can bounce outside and your interior run defense, which you're great at, doesn't work as well. That's a pro like that's a that's a priority for you to have corners that can tackle. And then hypothetically, you would have the two Jalen's, or Jalen Mills is a pretty good tackler too. Right. So you know, Jalen on Jalen Crime would probably be <laughs> sold on T-shirts. But again, I look. You have to have your walking away price. Uh, you know, there's no such thing as fu money in, in in draft capital. You can't just give away draft picks. But I, I trust the value of that of that sort of deal now for the rams it's interesting right they've already got uh aaron donald signed to a massive deal they've already got jared goff signed to a massive deal those receivers the receivers it, it, woods has a nice deal they've got a re-signed cup like they also have the offensive line that they're working with um they have, dante, a, lot, they have, they have a lot of money tied up right if you want to bring back dante fowler you know, there's a lot of money there. Um, they're also in a division where they're currently in third place behind the Seahawks yeah. and the 49ers. The 49ers who are undefeated at this point. Yeah. If you're the Jaguars, right, I would go with – let's say both teams offer the same deal. I would probably go with the Rams offer over the Eagles anyway because they have a more competitive division, one. Two, they're more likely to be in cap hell next year. So maybe both those first-round picks are better than what the Eagles have because the Eagles right now are tied for the division lead. They've got as good of a chance to, to win a division as anybody in the conference. Because of how bad the NFC is. Right, is, yeah. right. And on top of that, you know Howie Roseman is very conscientious of cap space. You know he's also willing to make moves to push the team over the, over the edge. So by taking a like, – all things even, the Jaguars were going to go with the Rams. You know what I mean? Um, and Les Need is apparently a very big fan of the way Dave Codwell drafts because he's got <laughs> yeah. three of his first-round picks now. Yeah, what, Blake Bortles, Dante Fowler, and uh, Jalen Ramsey. And, yeah. and two more coming. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Oh, no, not two more coming. The, the opposite, actually. I don't know. We'll, we'll, <laughs> yeah, see, who knows? we'll, yeah. we'll yeah. see about Leonard Fournette. Yeah, Todd Gurley. And who, who'd they draft this past year? They got uh, a Josh Allen, right? Yeah, and before that, it's <laughs> David Bryan. They'll be on the Rams at some point. <laughs> Just throw them on there. Um, so, so I will say... 
I mean, number one, nothing makes Eagles fans angrier than bad cornerback play. Like, this, this has been an ongoing thing since Asante was good, probably. Like, all the yeah. guys they've failed to... And this was a different situation. Like, I saw people early on comparing this to, like, all the big-name guys that didn't work out here. But this was a trade for a young guy as opposed to Namdi, who was close to 30. Ira Maxwell, who wasn't good before he came here. Uh Bradley Flett, like all these well, guys they got besides Asante, like it was a different situation. Well, if, if you look at it this way too, Asante was okay. So when Asante was signed, he was like the big, big, big ticket free agent signing. I mean, so was Namdi, but like it was the first time they really spent a ton. Yeah, because for a while they wouldn't go after big name guys. Yeah. Right. But prior to that, this is why I think Eagles fans are spoiled. So Bobby Taylor and Troy, Troy Vincent. and Troy Vincent immediately get replaced by Lito Shepard and Sheldon Brown. Then Lido, who wanted more money, is immediately replaced by Asante yeah, Samuel. Yeah, so they had a stretch there with good corners. Everywhere. Right. I mean, they had corners at the. I mean, the secondary in general, like they had, they had Brian Dawkins. What was it like Michael Lewis for a long time and Blaine Bishop and like Quentin Michael. Yeah, and, like the secondary was just stacked usually with guys who. You all, didn't say Sean Considine though, which Sean kind of upset upsets me. No, I'm just kidding. Um, um, but and, so this all kind of leads to my next point of. I, they're not going to get somebody who's as good as Jalen Ramsey or as valuable as Jalen Ramsey, but you can still upgrade the position because I don't think it's very hard to upgrade from what they've seen this season. And so I wrote uh, this morning, I, I listed off, I think it was like 11 or 12 guys uh, that I think make sense as trade targets wow, for, to varying degrees. From, from I'll, I'll, I wanted to go through each one, give you my reasoning why I have them on the list, and then you can just react. Okay. I'll go from worst to first. Okay. All right. So worst is let's see how many do I got? We got. 11. I don't know. You put together well, so, a list. Well, so there's two injured guys I didn't include in the rankings. Uh, that's Jimmy Smith for the Ravens. They don't really need him anymore since they just got uh, Marcus Peters. He's injured though, and he's older. Uh, William Jackson, who sounds like he's gonna be out for a few weeks, mm-hmm. which would lead up to the deadline. So I imagine he doesn't get dealt now. I know you you were interested in him when he was healthy. Um, so number eleven, Patrick Robinson. I mean, he doesn't really play much for the Saints anymore. He'd be a very they pretty much get him for free. I'm guessing um, he, the Eagles know what he brings to the table. He could be depth at slot. I mean, it's probably won't happen, but at least it's a guy you know. I mean, you've got Crave on the block yeah, coming back. Exactly. Avante Maddox will come yeah. back. You've got a pretty decent nickel tandem. That said, if you wanted to move Asante, uh, or Avante Maddox to the outside. Or if like LeBlanc was more injured or right, something. Yeah, yeah, that could be interesting, yeah. I guess. Uh, I wouldn't put... Another like small scale one is Artie Burns on the Steelers. He doesn't really play no. much, and he doesn't play much for them anymore. But he is only twenty four, makes less than a mil. He's pretty good as a rookie. Hard pass. Yes, yeah. <laughs> like I said, it wouldn't cost anything. I um, was at his pro day where there was a monsoon and he dropped a bunch of footballs. There you go. <laughs> uh, Terrence Mitchell on the Browns. Um, he started a few games for them this year. He's getting pushed down to the depth chart as they get healthier. He was he had a really good season for the Chiefs in twenty seventeen. He had four picks that year. Um, he wouldn't cost much. Also, he's a veteran. Not that exciting. He's probably wow. not really an upgrade either. That's the yeah. thing. Like, it, in order to get an upgrade, you have to look pretty good. Um, so Janoris Jenkins, he had a bad 2018, but he has three interceptions already this season. His contract you can get out of if he's really bad, and I don't imagine the Giants would require too much for him, but I also don't think the Giants are going to trade with the Eagles anyway. Um, so from what I heard last year, there was some interest in him. From here? From here last year. Uh, obviously didn't work out, but I will say that the Eagles should be very wary of getting guys from in the division. Look at, uh, you know, Miles Austin, yeah, um, Steve Smith, with that. uh, 
you know, uh, <laughs> who was the who was the punter? Um, Matt McBriar, like guys oh, like that. He, I forgot he played here for a bit. Yeah. All right, here's another one. So uh, did I. Josh Norman. He's obviously not the same player he once was. He also had, he's also a guy that I feel like plays better when he's around a winning culture. Um, his contract is not too hard to get out of. The Redskins aren't going anywhere. And this touches on your interdivisional thing, but I mean, he, I imagine he wouldn't cost that much in a trade either. He's Carson Wentz's like biggest supporter too. Yeah, true. It's really yeah. weird. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he always is. Yeah, he like hugs Carson after the games. If you could get him for like a six or seven, I think he's. I think he's done. Yeah, I mean, he's been getting burned to a crisp. Every like he's probably game. just an upgrade over Orlando Skandrick as opposed to an upgrade yeah. over Jalen. I don't even know about that. Yeah, but yeah. I think he's better than Orlando Skandrick. Yeah, he um, probably is. I've um, just watched him get burned a ton. This one is interesting, but it's a little tough because the contract type. Desmond Trufant, Desmond Trufant. Sorry, I said that weird. Uh, he's 28. The Falcons are very bad. I imagine they're going to accept that they're not making the playoffs pretty soon. Uh, but his contract, you know, he's making almost 11 million next year, almost 12 million the year after that, and almost 13 million the year after that. And it's a little hard to get out of the contract. But well worth an upgrade it. Over, over what they have. Well worth it. That's a deal that you make, saying, "Hey, look, this is our new Shelton Brown." Yes, yeah. you make that deal. I mean, that's the thing. Like you have. The, the cap part is hard, but I'm sure Howie could figure something out there. Yeah, you just renegotiate the contract. Just get good players in here. But even if, if they're under contract, that's better. That's I bet you you could probably get them for a third. Uh, number five, I had Logan Ryan from the Titans. Um, he's going to be a free agent this offseason. He's 28. He's from New Jersey. Rutgers. From New Jersey. He uh, he's plays in the slot primarily, but he can play outside. He's having one of his better years. Um, and the Titans are also a team that seems like the wheels might be coming off. So maybe in a week or two, right before the deadline, you see how they're doing there. Um, what do you think about him? They don't really need a He's slot. A little bit they don't, smaller, they don't need he? a slot cornerback necessarily, so it doesn't work perfectly. Yeah. But He's I mean, a little bit smaller. if you just want to get good players in the mix, yeah. that feels like kind of like a Golden Tate thing where I don't yeah, know if there's does. a plan. Uh, and then the one is his teammate, Adoree Jackson, I have next. Um, I don't think they would trade him unless it was like a blow-away offer, but he is young. He's only going to make, I think, $2 million base salary next year, which is all they would have to pay him. Uh, talking about having to bring in young players, he'd be a young player. He'd also be an upgrade as a returner. He's, he was a very good returner in college. I don't know if he's returned for them in the NFL. He has. Um, what, what do you think about Adore? You've obviously seen a lot of him. Um, he's he did, fine. I, I, he I did mean, get burned by Mark and Michelle in the preseason. <laughs> I think he I think he was overdrafted. But, yeah. you know, you don't have to take on that burden once you trade for him. Yeah, so, cheap, I mean, cheap contract, yeah. Yeah, it depends on what they'd want. I'd trade a day three pick for him. Yeah. So now getting to the good ones. Number three is Chris Harris. He's kind of right in Howie Roseman's wheelhouse. Last year of his contract, 30 years old. I think PFF has him as like the eighth best corner in, or ninth best corner in the NFL this season. He'd be their number one corner immediately. Um, what, what do you think about Chris Harris? The main reason why you would push for him is he's Corey Unlin's project. Yeah. So before he left like, Denver. He I think was you the, can get him for like a third round pick, by the way. Yeah, I mean, if the Broncos are open to it, I, I think it's a good trade. The problem is, if you're trading a third-round pick for him... For a rental. For a rental, I don't think he's going to get you a third-round compensatory pick because he is older. I'd want to sign him to like maybe a two-year extension. And again, here's the thing. You're trading away your ability to draft a younger player for an older asset. So how are you bringing in a youth movement? Yeah. That's why that argument to me makes very little sense. Yeah. Go. On. But but you're saying Harris would be a good move. Yeah, I would He'd go probably be the likeliest one on this list. To be probably. Uh, number two, I have Xavier Howard. 
it's unlikely they were trading considering they just signed him that contract. Mm-hmm. But the Dolphins also have done a lot of weird things, and they pretty clearly just want as many assets as they can collect. Very Sam Hinkie-esque. Um, his contract was five years, 75 mil. He's only 26. He's not having an amazing year. I don't know how much that has to do with him being on the Dolphins. It's very possible. That's a lot of it. Um, but, again, he's young, under contract, and then you have a cornerback locked in for a while where, you know, they're going to lose probably Ronald Darby in, or if they don't bring him back, Jalen Mills this offseason. I think we both are very high on Sidney Jones' future. Razul could be good, and Avante, if he gets healthy, we need to see if he actually has improved from last year. But this is a guy that's already established himself as a good cornerback in the NFL. I'd probably offer a second and then ask for them to pay part of his salary next year. Yeah, I think I said a uh, second and maybe like Douglas or Jones. Um, yeah, I mean, look, if they would take Jones in a second, I'd even give them a fifth in there too. Yeah. I think I think you need to get this guy out. Sidney Jones. Uh, I, I think it's time. Change of scenery would be good for him. Yeah, for his, for his own benefit. There's a lot of... Uh, I don't know if this is the right city for him. There's a lot of Marcus Smith, is what I'll say. Marcus Smith, who's still like working out for teams, by the way. Hey, God bless him. He's not in the XFL. And I mean, he was only drafted here like five years ago, which is kind of wild. It feels like it was a decade ago. Didn't he say, talk that shiz? Did he? Yeah, didn't he say that after the the, Seal- the Seahawks beat the Eagles during oh, the 2017 season? Oh, that's funny. I didn't realize. And then number one is probably... An obvious one, Patrick Peterson. P2. Uh, PP, the Eagles who almost... P- uh, you said PP. PP. I said PP. <laughs> <laughs> we're, so cool. we're so cool. Uh, I think well, I Joe, Joe Banner has told a story about how they almost traded up to get him. Mm-hmm. Uh, his Going into his draft, that was like the lockout year, and there was like something weird, so it didn't happen. Yeah, so basically, from what I understand from the tweet, is the lockout basically stop them from negotiating negotiating yeah. what they were able yeah. like what the actual visual assets were yeah 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 but but so so anyway so patrick peterson he's gonna be making his debut because he's been suspended all year but before this year he had never missed a game in his career which is wild. i think it's like eight years seven years mm-hmm. made a pro bowl every year been a three-time all pro i believe um again i would rather give up two first for jalen Ramsey than one for Patrick Peterson because he's 30 or turning 30 soon. Um, he's obviously would be a massive upgrade and an absolute stud here, and I think the fans would love him. He, he could return too. He's a good returner. I don't know if he's done that in a while. Um, I I would imagine Roseman has been on the phone with Steve Kime quite a bit. I don't know if being on the phone with Steve Kime necessarily accomplishes anything because that guy is not good at his job. So, um, But I imagine it would take a first-round pick. At least. So if I was the Cardinals, I'd trade him before this game. Yeah. Don't put him out there and then just... You yeah, know, just in case it looks like he's not the same player or something. Right. Um, I'd make this deal. I would trade a one for him. Because the one's probably going to be in the late 20s. Yeah, and he's worth that. So you're essentially trading a second round pick. And, and his contract's pretty reasonable. I think he's only making, like... Do I have it written down here? Uh, $12 million next year, $7 million this year. Yeah, I mean for so, for a top ten cornerback, and you're gonna and you're gonna probably rework yeah, his deal. And, I'd imagine. And, yeah, and you can add a couple years onto it and reduce that hit. He's also kind of been the Anquan Bolden of defensive players for this team. For some reason, the Cardinals draft every player that the Eagles want. <laughs> um, for a while, I look. I think he not only solidifies your secondary, but he can be a Malcolm Jenkins style leader. And if you do decide to move on from Jenkins in the next year or two. He can inherit that spot and still play pretty well. Uh, this team likes LSU players. They just traded for Duke Riley. They drafted uh, Jalen Mills. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> you know, whatever. <laughs> whatever. All right. Uh, so, so didn't, go- Benny, didn't Benny Logan go to – I think Benny Logan. Benny Logan did go to LSU. LSU so so Toby Weathersby. 
who's on practice Toby squad. Weathersby, who just got drafted. Oh, was he in the XFL? XFL? Yeah. Um, we're, we're, we're rooting for you, bud. Before we go, water gun to your head. What of these guys do you think the Eagles wind up with, if any of them? How did I get this water gun? <laughs> and why is it to my head? Um, it would be nice so we don't put a real gun there. Yeah, that's probably true. Um, it's not good to get water in your ears, you know? I would say Harris makes the most sense, yeah. probably, from an economic and from Especially a... if the Broncos lose again this week, I feel like maybe they'll be one. The circle of trust or whatever. I mean, <laughs> they know what they they would be getting there. Um, I do think there are risks with all of these trades. Yeah. Harris has kind of lost his step a little bit. He's playing well, but you never know what's going to happen. It's, it's another rental also. Right. I think that that's the concern. Um, Patrick Peterson would be a slam dunk to me. Yes, and, and he's the one that fans, I think, would be – they would forget about Ramsey real quick. Yeah, I mean – I know. still think it would be – like giving up one instead of two for Ramsey, I still think I would have rather the Ramsey one, but – well, yeah, because you're looking at it from like a yeah. long-term standpoint. Yeah, exactly. But I think this team's window is probably the next two to three years. Yeah, especially as Win those, now. Yeah, especially as can. those like offensive linemen and Fletcher Cox. Like, as you can see how stuff falls off the rails. Like, look at the Seahawks. The Seahawks have been contending forever, but they've never really been contending the way they – I mean, they weren't as yeah, dominant. They won the Super Bowl, and then they lost the Super Bowl, and then it hasn't been. Right. You know, Atlanta. Look at Atlanta. I mean, yeah, how much they've man. struggled the last two years. Yeah, so, they, that's one of the ultimate, uh, like, just – Everything going wrong after like they right. got so close. I mean, Dan Quinn's he's you gonna know, get fired. He's sure. probably gonna get fired three years after going to the Super Bowl. Like that's... he's a defensive coach, and they have like the worst defense in the NFL. Right, which is why <laughs> Trufant would work. Trufant would probably be my second pick. I, I, well, like, that you would want as opposed to actually yeah. Happening. Here, I'll give you a top yeah, three most likely, and then okay. So I would say top three most likely: Harris, Adoree Jackson, um, Trufant. Then I would say of desire, I would say Peterson, Trufant, Harris. You don't? Do you think Peterson winds up staying in Arizona? I do because that yeah. that that organization's terrible <laughs> and they don't know what they're doing and that doesn't make a lot of sense. Maybe he gets traded this offseason and then they lose the value. If of I'm it. them, I want another number one pick so that way I can get the wide receiver that I need and want right off the bat to help out my 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 young guy. Yeah. All right, well, I'm going to read off some of the comments because I asked for them, and you guys uh, gave me them from after the game on Sunday. You obliged. I obliged. So we got Josh Arasena says, there's no chemistry with this team. Seems like they're just playing to play. Sounds like our podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was pretty funny. All right. Um, Sean Sinise, this team is more than a piece away. Definitely need to draft some fast corners and a speedy wide receiver next year. Even though they are tied for first, they will not be able to get deep in the playoffs with this roster. Not sure if Mills and LeBlanc will help much. I think there's some fair points in there. Like, as we see here today, I don't see them going deep in the playoffs, right? Yeah. I think it's kind of as we a, see here right I, now. I think yeah. it's kind of a similar situation to last, last year. Yeah. yeah. Um, somebody making fun of me for pronouncing Minneapolis wrong. Yeah, I didn't want to correct you. I didn't want to pull a U and correct you, but you said it like four or five times. Did I really? Oh, and no. I almost laugh in your face. Two oh of those boy. four times. Oh, boy. The Jamie and Candace Palmer couple uh, comment. Oh, my favorite. <laughs> you start commenting on stuff with uh, with your wife. <laughs> just for fun. Just go hey, <laughs> couples that comment together, stay, stay together. together yeah. uh, one of the worst games they've played yet. Howie needs to make some moves. Doug definitely overthought the Jake Elliott pass play. Maybe if we're not going to have D-Jax back, go get someone. Let's use Fred Ward. I think they mean... Greg Ward. I like that. Fred Ward sounds like like a grandpa or something. Fred Ward sounds like a pullback from the <laughs> or 80s. Or the speedster on the practice squad. I'm guessing he means uh, Marcus Green. 
Jace move one zero one five five one two. They should fire Gore already. His play calling does not help our offensive struggles in terms of available players. He doesn't call plays. <laughs> he I know his press conferences are bad, but he's not the play caller. His press conferences are bad. I'll say that. <laughs> we can say that much. Jason Young. At least they didn't lose to the Jets. <laughs> Fair enough. Bleacher work says the team misses Frank Reich one hundred percent. I one hundred percent agree. Um. LSPR215. Maybe I haven't really been paying attention, but what happened to the RPOs? They do say that they, they still do run RPOs. They not, do run RPOs. Not as, maybe not as much as they did with Foles. Or well, yeah. Foles, it was almost exclusively RPO. But yeah, they, they are not... They're not running them as much as they used to. Carson doesn't necessarily need them, in theory, from what they say. But I've seen the offense, and I think they could probably benefit from that. <laughs> and this guy... There's another guy who says he stopped listening because I kept saying uh, Minneapolis wrong. Uh, sorry to disappoint you. Uh, a lot of Vikings fans. I don't feel like reading. Let's see. <laughs> and on that note. <laughs> okay, I'm going to read this one. <laughs> I shouldn't, but I'm going to. Thelma Peckerwood says, I acid farted in Eagles fans general direction at the game and walked away. I'm a huge hog farm in Minnesota gal and cute. <laughs> Lots of lots of take in there. You, you you're right when you I'm said like, I, I you're right when you said you probably shouldn't read that. <laughs> oh my god. Oh man. Oh man, you're Sorry, you made crying. fun of so much for your laugh in this one. Uh, that was the longest I've laughed in a row. All right. Uh Progressive Talk says cry Eagles cry. Fair. Um I let's see here. A guy saying Kirk Cousins is not good. All right. We'll end on that note. Uh as always, leave us some comments on YouTube. Uh, tweet at us write us reviews tell us how much you love us and uh, we'll talk to you guys uh, later this week for a preview episode